Good morning, church. Well, today is the last part of a little series we've been doing called Faith Can. And we've been looking at the power of faith because, you know, the Bible actually says in the book of Hebrews, someplace or other, it says, you know, it's actually biblical. It is biblical to not know the biblical reference. Do you know that? (laughs) Because in the book of Hebrews... We don't really know who wrote the book of Hebrews. Some people think it was Paul. Some people think it was somebody else. But there's no name given. But in the book of Hebrews in the Bible, in a couple of occasions, whoever the writer is, he doesn't even know where the reference is when he's quoting the Old Testament. And he says, somewhere or other it is written. (laughs) And then he gives the quote. So anyway, somewhere or other, in the book of Hebrews actually, it is written Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Now, that verse, and that's only half of the verse, we'll get to the second half in a minute, but that verse is not saying that, it's, that God is hard to please. It's saying that God is very, very easy to please. All it requires is some faith, right? Without faith... It is impossible to please God. And then it says this, because anyone who comes to God must first believe that he exists. But it doesn't stop there. That's where a lot of people stop. If you went out on the streets and you did an opinion poll and you said to people, do you have faith? They might say, oh yes, I believe in God or I believe that there is a God. And they think, people tend to think that just the very fact of believing that there is a God means you have faith. But the Bible says, even the devil believes there's a God, right? (laughs) So it's not enough to just believe there is a God. The verse says, for anyone who comes to God must believe that he exists, and, everybody shout and. It's an important conjunction there. And, that God is a rewarder of those who sincerely seek after him. It's not just that God exists and sits on a cloud in the sweet by and by. That's not what faith is. But faith is believing not only that God exists, but that God is a rewarder of those who sincerely seek after him. If you have genuine faith in God and you're building your life in a relationship with God, trying to make your decisions in line with how you feel and believe God is leading you and is God's will for your life, if you're commending all your activities to God in prayer and asking him to be involved in it, then you need to believe that the very act of doing that means that God is leaving some surprises and rewards along the path for you. In other words, like that video said, he is a miracle-working God. He is a prayer-answering God. He is a life-changing God. He is a healing God, a forgiving God, a blessing God, a restoring God. Whatever you need God to be in your life, he is that kind of God because he rewards people. It's kind of like playing Super Mario. You know, there's two different ways you can play Super Mario. 
You can just try to get through as fast as you possibly can and get to the end as quickly as possible without taking too many risks, swimming underwater with deadly jellyfish and all of that stuff. You just want to get to the end of the game as quickly as possible. That's how some people live their life. I'm born here, I'm going to die there, and I want to get through life as quickly as possible. But there's another way to play Super Mario. If you are really, really into the game, then you will know that there are little rewards hidden here, there, and everywhere. And rather than just rush through that level, you know, think of your life as levels. There's childhood, and there's teenager years, and then there's, you're a young adult, you're at college or whatever, then you've got your first job, you get married, you get marriage, the marriage level, the kids level, the teenager kids level, you've got all of these, the grandparent level, you've got all of these different levels. Don't just rush through all the levels. God has placed blessings in every level of your life that he wants you to explore and by faith accumulate those blessings. He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek after him. So we've been looking at faith because faith is what pleases God and which enables us to receive the rewards or the blessings that he's got for our lives. And we've been looking at a number of things, how faith can move the mountains in your life. If you've got obstacles in your life that seem like mountains, faith can remove them. How faith can heal you how faith can lead your life to success once you go on to the right path for your life. How faith can silence your accusers. How faith can calm all of the emotional storms that we can face in life. And today I'm calling this conclusion, faith can bring, what have I called this? Faith can bring, back, can bring things back to life. There it is. Let's say it together. Faith can bring things back to life. You know, maybe, maybe you've got things in your life that you just think are, have died. You know, maybe there was something in your life that was good and it was great, and then some tragedy, some unforeseen circumstance came along. Somehow or other, you were just knocked off balance with it, and you just feel like the things that you were aiming for, the dreams that you had in your heart have now died. But the good news is that faith can make things that were once dead come alive again. I mean, you just think of Jesus. Wherever Jesus went, wherever he found sinners, what did he do? Did he smack them around the head? He forgave them. Whenever Jesus found sick people, what did he do? Come on, help me out. We have a little bit of audience participation. He healed them. Whenever Jesus found people who were in fear, the first words were to, that he spoke to them were, peace, fear not. And whenever you're facing circumstances in your life that are beyond human control, the good news is that you're not just a human on your own. You know, you're like a, a deep, one of those old-fashioned, remember the old-fashioned deep-sea divers that needed the big tubes? They had to go, well, you've got a big tube. 
and it's gone to your oxygen supply. It's more than your oxygen supply. It is the supply of everything you could possibly need, wish, or desire in life, enough for you and plenty left over for you to be a blessing to other people also. If, if a dream in your life has died, do what Jesus did. Speak to it. When Jesus found a little girl that was dead, he said, little maiden, arise. Dead things come back to life. I want, I want us to look at a, a really well-known passage of Scripture. It's in John's Gospel, and it is where Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. And I'm not going to get into the whole long story of it. There's, it's a long story, and it's really interesting. And before, before, four days ago, before this happens, four days earlier, a messenger comes to Jesus and tells him that his friend Lazarus is sick. And Jesus says to his disciples, don't worry about it, it's, it's going to be all right. But it takes four days to get there. And by the time he gets there, Lazarus is dead. But if you... If we had time to read the whole story, from the four days when Jesus hears the message to the time that we're about to read about, over that four-day period, if you read the account carefully, Jesus doesn't say a single negative statement about the situation. Every statement he makes about it is positive and faith-filled and expecting a good ending to this circumstance. Not once does he say something negative. Not once. And in the English, there's a place that it looks like he said something negative because of the English word when he's, he's deliberately trying not to say that Lazarus is dead. And the, so he says to the disciples, Lazarus is sleeping. And the disciples say, say well, oh, well, that's okay then. I'm sure he'll feel better when he wakes up. And then Jesus, like, in the English it says, he says, Lazarus is dead, right? And I'm actually glad he is, because now you're going to see a miracle, you know? But actually in the Greek, it doesn't say Lazarus is dead. It says Lazarus died. I think Jesus is very careful about his vocabulary here. What's the difference between something that's dead and something that died? Jesus died but he's not dead, okay? So Jesus is very careful not to speak what he does not want. And so they arrive at the tomb, and Jesus is still deeply moved as he arrives at the tomb, a cave with a stone rolled across its entrance. Roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested. Have you ever had faith for God to do something? And you went and did the wrong thing. You opened your mouth and you blabbed it to somebody else. And they tried to talk you out of it. Just don't get your hopes too high. Right? But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested, Lord, he has been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. Jesus responded, didn't I tell you? that you would see God's glory. How? What's the next words? If you believe, faith can bring dead things back to life again. So they rolled the stone aside, and Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You 
always hear me. Everybody say this with me. God always hears me. Not just when I pray, but also when I complain. You always hear me, but I said it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here so that they will what? Believe that you sent me. And then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come forth. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a headcloth. And Jesus told them, loose him and let him go. I want to tell you, maybe you've got dead dreams in your heart. Maybe there are things that you once planned for, you once prayed for, you once believed for. You were once working together maybe with a friend or a family member or a spouse, and then maybe something unexpected come, came into your life and your dream has died. It's not only died, you don't even want to think about it. The thought of it is painful. It's like, I don't want to go into that grave and open it up because it smells bad in there. Well, I believe today God is speaking into your heart. Your heart's like a cave, and you've rolled a big stone in front of it. You've hidden that dream, and you've buried that dream, and Jesus is rolling away the stone today, and he's looking deep into the dark resources of your heart, and he's seeing all of the hurts and disappointments and discouragements that you've got, and he's shouting, Lazarus, come forth! Dead dreams, come alive! again. Your children will be saved. Your husband will come back to Christ. Your body will be, will be healed. The thing you're praying for is going to come out of that grave. And then God's going to look at you. You can hardly believe it when the thing starts to come back to life. And you're all bound. You're all bound with doubts and disappointments and emotions that are holding you back. And then Jesus is going to look at you and he's going to say, see that person there, loose them and let them go. And you're going to take off running in the direction of your dream boldly and confidently because you know that God has the power to resurrect dead dreams and dead things in your life. Can you shout amen, somebody? You know, when Jesus kept saying, faith can move mountains, faith can bring the dead to life, faith can uproot mulberry trees, when he kept saying those things, he didn't even say it was a lot of faith. He said it was a little bit of faith. Just a tiny little bit of faith. Faith the size of a mustard seed. Just a little thing. Do you know, in, in Hanover, there is an old uh, medieval graveyard there. It's called the, the Chapel Gardens. That's the name of it, the Chapel Gardens. And it's actually closed now. It's been closed for a long, long time. And there's one tomb in it, like a family grave. You know one of these ones where it's a big granite slab and they lift it off and they just pile the coffins up, you know. I don't know how deep the first one goes down, but then they just pile the rest of the family up. And on this, there, let me read this inscription to you. On the inscription it says, this sepulcher purchased for all eternity is never permitted to be opened. Don't know what they're going to do from the trumpet sounds and all that, but anyway, it says it's never going to be 
permitted to be opened. So the plaque says, but in the granite, there was a tiny, tiny, tiny little crack. And a tiny, minute little seed got into that tiny crack. I want to show you a photograph. Next one, next slide, please. There's the grave, and there's the tree, and it's burst that thing wide open. I mean, if, I mean, like, you could climb down in there and take off their watch or whatever they're wearing down in there. And the plaque says, this grave shall never be open. But all it took was one tiny seed to get into one tiny little space. And that seed grew and grew and grew, and it burst the whole grave open. You might feel like your dreams, your desires, your wishes, your prayers, your plans, your whole life is now six foot under with a big slab of concrete on it, and all you've got is this tiniest little bit of pathetic faith. But all you have to do is plant that faith in God in the rich soil of God's love and power. And that faith will grow and it will burst the tomb wide open and you're going to climb out of it or all your family are going to get out behind you and you're going to live the life of your dreams that God intended you to live in the first place. I I want us, we're going to pray uh, about these things today, but I want us to look at one more passage of Scripture. It's from the the book of Ezekiel. Is it Ezekiel? There it is. It's from the book of Ezekiel. Thank you. It's a very famous one. It's the Valley of Dry Bones. Even one of our songs that we sang today had this Scripture in it. Some of you might know the old Dem Bones, Dem Bones, Dem Dry Bones song. That's where it comes from. And here's where it says, this is Ezekiel, who was a prophet. They all had weird names, the prophets, I don't know why, but Ezekiel, he had this vision that was even weirder than his name. I mean, it was a weird vision. And in this vision, God begins to show him this symbolic truth about how God is the God who can bring dead things back to life and can cause his people to be blessed and to live the life that were created to live. Let's have a look. It says, the hand of the Lord was on me and he brought me out by the spirit of the Lord and he set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among the bones and among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. These were not just dead, these had been dead for a long, long time. Dry bones. And he asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones. Speak words to these bones. Stop talking to God about the bones and start talking to the bones, right? Prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. 
This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath and enter you, and you will come to life, and I will attach tendons to you, and make flesh come upon you, and cover you with skin, and I will put breath in you, and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Next verse. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. I remember once in Scotland, we had a healing service, and this woman came forward, and she was like literally riddled with arthritis from her, her neck, just at the base of her skull, all the way to her toes, her fingers, everything. She, her hands were permanently like this. She couldn't, she couldn't open them. And, um, and so we, we sat her on the front row and we prayed for her to be healed. And all of a sudden, I mean, like everyone in the room could hear it. We had no music playing or anything at this moment. We just prayed for her. All of a sudden, we heard this popping noise coming from the woman's body. And she started shouting, oh my oh my, oh my, oh my, oh my. And it actually sounded like, I always think of it when I read this, it sounded like somebody had a bag of bones and they were rattling them. And it got louder and louder and faster and faster and she started going, oh my, oh my, oh my. And she was like totally, instantly healed. She would test, we got her up every month for a year to testify about how God had healed her. And then, anyway, where was I? <laughs> this, yeah, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and bone came together, bone to bone. And I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared in them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. And then he said to me, prophesy to the Spirit. Do you know, God wants you to call out to him and say, God, send your Spirit, send your power, send your blessing into my life. Prophesy to the Spirit, to the wind, to bring breath. Prophesy, Son of Man, and say to it, this is what the Sovereign Lord says, come breath from the four winds and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded, and breath entered them, and they came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. Do you know, I believe that in this church this morning and in churches all across this city this morning, there are hundreds and thousands and tens of thousands of people who love God, who have given their life to Christ, but because of circumstances like Helmer was talking about happened in his life when he was up here. Circumstances coming into your life, they, they've caused your dreams to die. They've caused your balloon to be deflated. They've caused your hope to be deferred. They've caused disappointment. Could you imagine the great army of God's people that would arise in this city if only all the dead things in our life came back to life again? If only our dreams came alive, our gifts got activated, the breath of God's Spirit came into us. We all stood up on our feet and we said, God is my rock. I will never be shaken. Woo! They came to life, stood up on their feet. Next verse. 
Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say our bones are dried up. Our hope is gone. We are cut off. Therefore prophesy to them and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says to you. He says, I'm going to open your graves. I'm going to bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from them. And I will put my spirit in you, and you will live, and I will settle you in your own land, and then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken, and I have done it, declares the Lord. One day, I don't know, maybe three months' time from now, or maybe three years, time from now. I don't know. But one day you're going to wake up and you're going to look back at all the things that have happened from this day until then. And you're going to see, my goodness gracious me, I can't believe it. I'm on my feet. I'm living. And as I look back from that service when we prayed, my bones began to come together. Then a, a few months later, tendons began to come on my bones. Then a few months later, skin began to come to it. And then breath came. My life has been completely resurrected because of the power of God. Your bones are what holds you together. And sometimes we feel that the things that are holding our lives together have been scattered and have been broken and have gone dry. Well, it's time today to bring your bones back together. It's time to get all of those hopes and all of those dreams and all of those plans and all of those prayers that you've prayed in the past, and we're going to gather them all up together, and God's going to begin to cause bone to join to bone, and I believe over the next few days and the next few weeks and the next few months, you will begin to see your life come back together, become stronger, become strengthened, become closer standing on your feet, you're going to feel God's Spirit breathe into you big time, and you're going to be, and next time we're here and we're singing that song, you're going to be dancing up and down the aisle saying, I ran out of that grave in the name of Jesus. Come on, let's stand up. Let's stand up, everybody. Oh, my goodness, we're going to say a prayer, not a feeble prayer. We're not going to say, Bones, it would be nice if you came back together again. We're not going to say that. We're going to speak words of faith. Are you ready, church? Let's say this together. God is on my side. He hears me when I call. He answers when I pray. He made me in his image. He gave me the gift of faith. So I now speak in faith to everything in my life which has died in my career, my business, my finances, my family, my relationships, my emotions, my faith, and my hope. I call out to you. Dry bones, live again. Lazarus, come forth. Dead 
Hey, hey.